scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Creepsters, I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And this is another episode, our first episode of Open Shutters, a creepy podcast in 2022. Finally. Yeah, finally. We finally got here. We had a few little things that kept us away. Uh, by the way, we're sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Anyway, um, we both were, you you were kind of um, ill, huh? I, I think I might have got the got the Omicron. Thank God I was uh, boosted and everything. But uh, yeah, my partner he 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 knowingly brought it in and gave it to me. Well, everybody in our house got this thing. Well, we got tested January fourth. Me, Aras, and Curtis and Lance never did get tested, but Lance is getting sick and. and um, we came back negative for the COVID. But then I was hearing at the time in which y'all got tested, they were having problems with the test. Like, that's so, what I hear too, and that's why I'm not totally so convinced what we had wasn't COVID. Because this is these were my symptoms. I had a sore throat and a, the swollen glands, and it was bringing on this headache. Like, and it, I, think my, it, I think it was connected it. to my ears. And then I had also a fever. It wasn't a real high fever. It was like a, maybe a hundred. And I had a cough, but the congestion wasn't in my lungs or my chest. It was in my throat. It was almost like a strep throat kind of thing. <clears throat> I still have a little bit of the cough, as you can tell. But we were out. Like, what we haven't done, a, our last uh, podcast was... But December 29th? It's been a way. It was back. <laughs> it was at the very end. It was the Dark Shadows so, episode. Yeah, the Dark Shadows episode. And we have uh, this uh, this episode. We have, we got a lot of catching up to do. But yeah. 2022 has been big on the depths. Sure We're going to have eight obits in this it's, in this episode. Luckily, we didn't join them. No, but that's because we got yeah. our vaccines, thank God. But yeah, I was the whole last week. I was like, the goddamn Rona. <laughs> I, was even, I was even playing the uh, Big Frida's... Uh, her, her, her twerking song Rona Rona back oh. from uh, she had put out around October 2020 oh I was playing it around the house because I was so annoyed that I had caught the barrier oh. it was it was kind of a rough thing and you know the funny thing about it is I still went to work oh I know I know you did. my boss made my boss let me not do the garbage and cleaning up he said as long as my warm body was there to take money I'm wondering how many people I affected. But with you were this wearing thing. a mask and stuff. You said you keeping, you were cleaning your hands and stuff. Well, I had, I was wearing, yeah, and I was also wearing latex gloves, yeah. like I do when I clean up. So the I was trying, but I mean, you, you know, mask doesn't really protect you that much. I don't think I don't I don't know about this mask stuff. Now I don't know in your household, but my household, it seems like the kitty cat got it. Little Foss man, he got it. Little well, Foss I don't know. Man. We have the two cats, but. The dogs, it doesn't aren't supposed to catch it. But cats can get it. And no, we, the cats didn't think, look like they were sick or anything. Foss was a little. He was a little down around the same time I was. So we think we both uh, contracted it from Jim. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was it, it it was kind of rough because I was just coming back from that stomach virus that I had in December, mm -hmm. right around Christmas time, and I'm just getting over that, and then I get this. 
So I'm hoping this is the last thing. The goddamn Rona. For a while, at least. So, uh, we, we've been watching anything on TV. Well, first off, we went and saw a movie this week. Finally, we finally, finally we made it back made, to the movies. We made it back to the movies, <laughs> and we usually go every week. I know, we just haven't been able to get it with everything going and on. what was it we saw? We saw the new Scream yeah. kind of... I don't know, what, what, what technically was it? It was not really a reboot or it was, a reboot. Yeah, what, it what, it was more of a, like a sequel. It was kind of like the Halloween... Uh, and are they like the term in the show, calling it a requel almost? <laughs> yeah, and, um, and uh, let's see, David Arquette was back, and Courtney Cox, and... Nev Campbell, but they also had a whole new cast. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I will say there's just one thing without trying to, hopefully I'm not giving a spoiler, but I did kind of like the feeling of kind of where it was kind of like, especially for the older millennials and definitely Generation X, it was kind of like a little bit of an F you to uh, some of Gen Z's attitudes yeah. at certain points. And that was kind of funny. I got to admit, you, kind of, you might have found that funny too, didn't you? Especially with Courtney Cox and um, <laughs> Courtney Cox, yeah. Well, she's Gen X. That's right. She, she's almost a boomer. Yeah, she actually is. Lisa Kudrow is actually a boomer. You know, she's she's nineteen sixty. And David Arquette, he would be X, wouldn't he? Still? Oh, he is. Yeah, but he's he's him and Courtney Cox are real close in age. Yeah, like they're on the older side. X. But then they're also, early X. So they, they you know, they're in their fifties. They're in like maybe even their late. And then Campbell, she should be as well. She should be X as well. She's uh. She's in her forties. Yeah, that's X. Yeah, maybe. Because you have to remember, I'm I'm actually what they call a, an Xennial. Now you got me. I got to look. Up I was born in 1981, stage. so I'm like at the I mean, very beginning of millennials. But they also count us at the very end of X generation. They put us in this little other subcategory. Okay, we can find out how old Kenneth Campbell is. You can find out how she's old. 48. Oh yeah, she's totally she's Gen 1973. Gen X. She's totally Gen X. Now she's almost 50. Oh my goodness! So she's born in 1973. Yeah. Oh, and we also um, I, I was watching um, Archive 81. Have I haven't got that? to seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Really, what you think? Re- I watched the trailer. Really, really good. It's 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 very sci-fi and horror, and Ooh. it has a, it has a little bit of a time travel like. It's not really time. I don't know how to. I, I don't know how to explain it without giving spoilers. Don't yeah. Don't. But it, it's it, intriguing. It's, lot, it's intriguing, and it has a lot to do with alternate realities and things like that. Uh, the plot, without giving anything away, is a young man who is hired by this this billionaire to restore these old VHS tapes. Don't give me anything else. It already sounds intriguing. uh, Especially for me having grown up. I grew up in the 80s, so I'm sitting here. I'm like, that was the era of the VHS. The VHS. And you remember the little VHS that uh, that went in the camcorders? Oh, gosh. He restores kind of those. He restores Uh, those. Okay, no, no, no. Don't give me anything else. What did they call those uh, those little tapes? Uh, VHS Plus or something? There was a name. Yeah, I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. Shall I look it up? If you want to, I can't remember what those are called. But I know what you're talking about. Where you put them in into the uh, camcorder to, to to yeah ah. And then there was also what's mentioned in it is, do you remember the Fisher Price um, um, camcorder where they used audio tapes and they gave this real grainy black and white image? Oh gosh! They only made them in the '80s, I think. 
They've had little kids. <laughs> they use audio cassette tapes. That's mentioned in there too, but that's all I'm going to say. Anyway, so anything else? Oh, oh yeah, well, we started watching Invisible City, which is pretty good too. It's a Brazilian show. Okay, you know what you think of that? And so far, so good. We saw like about three episodes, and it's and what's that based on? It's sort of a it's it's very it's a very sci-fi sort of a um uh, like shapeshifters kind kind of things, and uh, you know, like kind of like where creatures hmm. that turn from animal to human and everything. But yeah. I love that. And this is on. Plus, well, I got a hunky guy that has a lot. And this of, is on Netflix. Yeah, they, I'm glad that they're making. I'm, I'm glad Netflix really and like I guess it was in the last couple of years they've finally started releasing their entire like worldwide catalog to everyone in real time because we used to have to wait and we'd only get certain shows. Remember? Yeah. Now it's like everything's opening up yeah. worldwide to everyone. The only thing that, that and is I like the, it. The dubbing gets a little bit annoying. Well, I debate on whether if a dubbing is done well, I'll use the dubbing. This one is If the not, dubbing is not done well, then Portuguese I will do Portuguese doesn't match with English well. Uh, yeah. So, no, I'll usually do the subtitles. Then. But they got like a, real, a really hunky leading man who has a lot of shirtless scenes. Nothing really. You don't see much. I mean, it's you see him in the shower, but you only see him like from the waist up. See, the last really good Brazilian one I had been watching was the 3%. I don't know if y'all would watch it. It's that in that movie. same kind of uh, production. Oh, I'm sure it's right. the same similar company if it was Netflix. They're working with that. So, yeah, no, I'll definitely uh, have to check that out, Invisible City. I finally got to sit down during all this madness and being feeling sick and all. I finally got to binge uh, the second season of The Witcher. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't burn, like butcher season. burn. <laughs> good, old, good old Yasker, honey. But, uh... I'll, I don't want to give too much plot away, but I was a little disappointed that um, they didn't put it in Henry Cavell's uh, contract, like the first season, for the shirt to come off. And yeah, that was that was a little disappointment for season two. Uh, I hate to spoil that for y'all to tell y'all if y'all were expecting yeah. to see more shirtless Henry Cavell, but they just it doesn't it doesn't show up. That's not saying that Henry Cavell's not good in season two. He really is, but just not shirtless. He's not. Yeah, yeah, they don't show enough skin. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I. That, I mean, come on. I mean, it, that's what we want to see. That's what the people. And have you been watching? Any, well, is that it as well? We got, talking about what's supposed. We're to gonna talk about more, but we got so we have many obits. Eight obits. We have lost two, uh, three comedians, a murderer, <laughs> a, a prominent uh, film director, and two musicians. So. We're going to start off, first of all, with the very last celebrity death of 2021, America's grandmother, and if this isn't a clue, nothing is. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Dun, and if you threw a party... And invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Y'all guessed who it is yet? I'm sure it's been all over the news. Betty White. We lost Betty White. 
We've been talking about how we're trying to protect Betty White all this time. And we- I was de- I'm serious. Like I'm seriously crying a little bit right now. I was de- I'm devastated every time I think about she's not with us because okay? she was two weeks away from her two or three weeks was it away from her hundredth birthday. There was that, but there was just so much more. Betty Betty White isn't like our other kind of obits that we do and other things. I mean, she. It, it wasn't even the fact that she was an icon or a legend or thing. It was it went far beyond that. I think she got into everyone's consciousness as always being here. Like she and was always all, this thing. She, yeah. she was she was this 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 comfort you'd always come back to. And this, she this goes person. way back. I mean, she goes back before you were born, she goes back before I was born. I remember now you see I'm a lot older than you. I remember on password. Alan Ludden and her, and they announced that they were getting married. And he said something like, this lovely lady finally said yes. Because he had kept on trying to propose, and she kept on saying no, 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 no. She didn't want to get married. Well, they did get married, and she wound up having an instant family, and she raised her her stepchildren like they're her own. And they love her, I mean, like like their mother, because their own mother was dead. She was their mother. She was the mother they knew. And um, she was always on TV, and then she used to have the show about the pets. And I saw her go from a brunette to a redhead to a, to a redhead to a blonde to a gray-haired old lady. I saw her go through all those. But she always had that smile. Now the smile. My my, uh, I gotta say, my I, I everybody thinks of Rose and Island as her signature role. I never thought Rose Nyland was her signature role. I think she was Sue Ann Nibbins, the Mary Tyler Boy, the happy homemaker. That was Betty White. To well, me. The, and that's, that's, that is because you are a baby bone, where I think Sue Ann Nibbins still holds a big place for Well, her. you know what it is, is that she had this wholesome, clean image. Yeah. And they put her in that role. Actually, they weren't even considering her for that role. They just said they wanted a, a Betty White type because she was supposed to be like this sweet, happy homemaker, but she's a raging slut in her real life. Yes. And she uh, and Betty White, you know, because Mary Tyler Moore told Betty White they were looking for a Betty White type to play this role. And she says, don't look for a Betty White type. You got Betty White here. I'm gonna, <laughs> I will do it. And it wasn't supposed to be. It was only supposed to be like a guest spot. And she was so popular, she became a regular. Right. And she filled the void when Valerie Harper and Cloris Leachman left. Mm. And her first episode, I remember, was when Sue Ann has an affair with Phyllis Lindstrom, Cloris Leachman's husband, mm. character's husband. And it was hilarious. And that's the first time I had ever seen her really show her comedy chops. And then she had her own spinoff after Mary Tom Moore, but it didn't last long. But Golden Girls, since she got so well-known as the, the wild nympho woman, she was originally cast as Blanche. And Rue McClanahan had been on with, uh, another show with B. Arthur called Maud, where she played the ditzy, wide-eyed, innocent woman and uh, uh, Vivian Harmon, Maud's best friend and the next-door neighbor. So they had that's why they wanted her for Rose. But they decided to switch roles because they, they mm-hmm. had done that already. Now, I am sorry that happened. I'm going to tell you, I always felt like when Betty White played Sue and Nat Nivens, it was natural. It flowed. But I always felt that when she was playing stupid, it was forced. You could see her acting. Ruben Clanahan was good doing either one. 
Because if you ever watch old uh, reruns of Maud, it's on internet movie Battle Days. She's because I rod. She says, "Well, I can't imagine her as dits and thing." I said, "Watch this." And he was watching. And he goes, "Okay, now that I'm watching this, I'm having trouble seeing her as Blanche because <laughs> she played it so it was so 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 natural." Both of them. And I think a little bit, there's a little bit of her in both of those characters. That's probably why. And it's so funny because Vivian Harmon was a gigantic prude. <laughs> like a very, you know, much, much more prudish than, um, than, than, uh, than Blanche. So, but, uh, but Betty White went on and then she went on. And her next iconic character was Elka on Hot in Cleveland. Yes. The, you know, the, 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 the wisecracking old lady. So she has done all these different roles, and we are going to miss her. And you know what's and she and, and the great, funniest thing is she oh, I didn't get to do Saturday Night Live, and think, until 2010. And she was uh, 88 years old. And it was one of the best-rated Saturday Night Lives ever. It was uh, the one with her as the host. Well, Betty, we're going to miss you. And... Um, I found, what we found out later is she had had a stroke like a week before ah. she died. And they they kept it from the, because they were trying to, hoping that she'd hold on until her 100th birthday. Uh-huh. But she couldn't. But she had a stroke like a week before. Her, like, like, like I think it was like Christmas Day. That's terrible to do that to us on Christmas. And um, <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> Pull the woman had a stroke, and I'm thinking, that, and I'm taking it as something against me. But you know, one of the other podcasts I listened to, the girl said, "Who else on earth was ever 99 years old? Left us at 99, and we still feel as though we wanted more." Yeah, I mean, we were always wanting more. Yeah, and we still do. But she left us with a lot. We we have a lot of Sue Ann Nivens, a lot of Rose Nyland, and a lot of Elka. And other characters too. And another one, you know, another one iconic characters is Ellen Harper on Mama's Family. There you go. Which is kind of a. And they're only. And then another thing is anything she touched, she was the star. Yeah. Because honestly, we were talking about this uh, with you. Remember the, uh, the her only ever stint into horror was Lake Placid, which isn't the greatest movie at all. No. But she's amazing. Everyone else is shit, but she's amazing. Yeah, and she says that. Uh, <laughs> she but, carries the movie. But you know, she went from the the clean image to the dirty old woman, the dirty broad, and back to the clean image again, then back to the dirty broad. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, you know she's she the sweet image with the animals and everything, and then Sue Ann Divins, and then back to the sweet image as Rose Nyland, and then back to the dirty old broad as Elka. And talking about the animals, though, that was something... I mean, I know she didn't want us to remember her more for that than for her, her roles. But we're not going to. And she was... <laughs> we can well, remember her roles. Well, no, we're going to remember her roles, but we're going to... No, she really did make you care about the animals. Yeah, yeah. And I think... I think we call her America's grandmother, but she's also America. Uh, she's America's zookeeper and an animal care person. I mean, if we so they so the animals lost a huge champion. Yeah, they did. And it's it's um, but but I heard a lot of good has come out of this. There's been a lot of money donated to yeah. charities, animal char- uh, care charities, animal rescue charities in her name, and I think that's quite amazing. So Betty White. 
You enjoy all of the animals up there that have passed the Rainbow Bridge. I'm sure you're hanging out with them, petting them, having and conversation. Sure that, and with the other girls up there, y'all have y'all pieces of cheesecake as much uh, as y'all I'm want. Sure, I'm sure there is a big old reboot of Golden Girls. And my cousin Jennifer is getting to watch all the new episodes. And that fridge <laughs> is stocked with the cheesecake. Right. Even though B. Alpha hated the cheesecake. <laughs> all right. Rest in peace, Betty White. We rest love you. Rest in peace, Betty. We, 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 we glad that we had you and we're glad that we left us a beautiful legacy. All right, this next obit is wow, this, this man is one of the premier directors in Hollywood of all time. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich, Oscar nominated director and champion of Hollywood's Golden Age, died at 82. His career includes, his, his, his body of work includes movie uh, pictures like. The Last Picture Show, What's Up Doc, Paper Moon, and Mask. He has directed huge stars like Ryan O'Neill, Ryan and Tatum O'Neill in Paper Moon, Madeline Kahn, Barbara Streisand, Cher, all these different, and, and, and all his movies, well, with the maybe, and Sybil Shepherd. We can't forget Sybil Shepherd. Oh, yeah. He, he made Sybil Shepherd a star. Um, he died uh, in his house. He, he died at home shortly after midnight. It says midnight Thursday on here, according to his daughter. And it says, I dearest Peter passed away from complications of Parkinson's disease. And um, he, he was married to um, Dorothy Stratton's sister. And he had dated Dorothy Stratton, too, which is a little on the creepy side. But anyway, um, I, know, I loved What's Up, Doc. With, with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, did you ever see that? The, I think so. And the little overnight bags, and they been all chased them. Yeah. It was Madeline Kahn's first film. Yeah, it's been a while. So he gave us Madeline Kahn. He gave us Sybil Shepherd. He pumped up both Barbara Streisand and Cher's movie careers. Mm-hmm. Even though there's, it's rumored that he and Cher didn't really get along on set, but he sure did get a great performance out of her, didn't he? That's all that so matters. Rest in peace, Peter Bogdanovich. Dead at eighty-two. All right, who we got next? Let's see, we have, oh, yeah. That's another thing. We also lost an icon of the fashion world. Andre Leon Talley, the pioneering Vogue editor. He died at the age of 73. He was a larger-than-life figure. And um, he was one of the... One, he was one of the judges for America's Top Model, wasn't he? America's Next Top Model, yes. Yeah. He um, and they said the loss of Andre is felt by many of us. The designers he enthusiastically cheered on every season, and those who loved him for it. The generations he inspired to work in the industry, seeing a figure who broke boundaries while never forgetting where he started from. And he was also an icon in fashion himself. He wore <laughs> he wore some really outrageous stuff, didn't he? Oh yeah. And he also was a big old champion in the LGBTQ community too. He he uh, he fought for marriage equality, and he he and and he was he's a role model for young LGBT peoples, you know, young queer people. So, uh, anything you got to say about him? 
Oh, just, just, I mean, I knew you were mentioning uh, America's Next Top Model, but just the modeling world and the fashion world at large. Yeah. He was the champion for a lot of uh, of young, but I get men and women. What's really? But specifically, a lot, there are a lot of the supermodels we think about have really come out and said their careers would not have happened were it not for him. Tyra Banks, Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. Even, even recently, Winnie Harlow. I don't know if you, yeah. know, you, you know him. Yeah. About. Yeah, so I I mean their careers owe a huge, huge debt to Andre Leon Talley. Well, and he, and he also showed us that male men's fashion doesn't have to be boring. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's been the same basic suit for the past hundred years. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, with eighties we got a little with the with the shoulder pads and the big old wide pants. We got a little bit of creative the eighties and nineties, but. Uh, he's really evicted up. Okay, so, um, ah, the music world. Music world lost a real icon. I want more than one just icon. This is the first one we're going to talk about, Meatloaf, who is known best. He, he had one album that is still to this day a bestseller, the Bad Out of Hell album. Oh, yeah. And he, he, he created... Power ballad. Oh, the power ballad. Yes. Um, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. And uh, uh-huh. he was born Marvin Lee a day in Dallas, Texas, on September twenty seventh, nineteen forty seven, and he used his inheritance from his mother's death to move to Los Angeles, where he formed the Meatloaf Soul, the, the band. And the name Meatloaf apparently came from his football coach because of his weight, as we used to call him uh, uh, Meatloaf because he was a big man. And then uh, his first concert was in California in 1968, opening for Van Morrison, a brown-eyed girl. Now he's also known to audiences, and he's kind of he he has a uh, besides his support for marriage equality and, and different things, he's. Notable in the LGBT community for his role of Eddie in the Rocky Horror. Yes, and uh, where he uh, he comes in on the motorcycle and then gets murdered by Frankenfurter. <laughs> I love. Okay, I hate to admit I did watch Celebrity Apprentice when it was on. <laughs> I hate to admit this, but did you watch it too? You might as well admit it because I just did. Oh, everybody's watched Celebrity Apprentice. Okay. Do you remember him and Gary Busey? Oh, God. Gary Busey. Gary Busey was doing every... Uh, uh, Gary Busey was just aggravating the hell out of him. And this man was so patient. And he he, you know, he understood. You know, the man had a head injury. But, but he, they were doing some art project. And Gary Busey, I think, took his paint. And he went off. Oh, my God. I think all the pent-up rage he was feeling just blew up. It was like a boil exploding. <laughs> and uh, he just went off on him, cussed him out, and they filmed it all and, and aired it. <laughs> but I was waiting for it to happen. I was delighted to see Gary Busey finally get what was coming to him. All right. Now we got somebody that we're not so sorry is dead. Mm. It's Robert Durst, the real estate heir. Mm-mm. and murderer the wealthy New York real estate heir and failed fugitive he was do- dogged for decades with suspicions of the disappearing deaths of those around him 
before he was convicted of killing his best friend and sentenced to life in prison. He was 78. And didn't you say he was captured right here in New Orleans? Something. There was a connection. Yeah, I think he was. Or there was a definitely New Orleans connection yeah, to it. As, yeah, well, yeah, he killed the Texas man who discovered his identity while he was secretly living in Galveston. And um, there's a, a. I thought he was arrested here. I, mean, I may be wrong, y'all, but actually, thought, we really have to cover him. We we yeah we made that one. We have to cover him. So we're not going to give too much in spoilers and everything because we're going to do an episode on him. But all we we did want to report his old bit that he's dead. Mm-hmm. In, he died in prison at the age of seventy-eight. Yeah, that's enough on him for yeah. it now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we don't have to get him. Okay, it's so. good. It's good when the trash takes itself out. So we got. <laughs> oh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now more going back to people that we really actually feel sad about. Yeah, and we have two. More comedians. I know, but laughter just got killed in 2022 so far. Yeah, we're gonna start the, these two comedians with um, with Louis Anderson, the Emmy-winning comedian. He's dead at 68. Uh, he's a longtime comic, game show host, and actor who won Emmy for his role as uh, Christine Baskets in the FX series Basket, you know, the, the the one where he was in drag. Oh, I know. He did that well, too. Really well. Uh, he died in Las Vegas after undergoing treatment for cancer. For this, uh, he had, yeah, he had large B-cell lymphonia. Lymphoma? Lymphoma. And um, he's best known for his brilliance versus turn in the 1988 comedy, Coming to America. And he scored that role with, with Eddie Murphy as the sole white person in the groundbreaking film. And his role as Maurice, a seemingly mild-mannered McDowell Kirk, produced one of the most iconic siliquas in comedy. Hey, I started out mopping the floor just like you guys, but now I'm washing the lettuce. <laughs> That's a great line, you know? Well, there he is as Christine Baskets. <laughs> he has really looked like a, like, like, like a woman cooking on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And uh, Jim Gaff in the New York-based common called him brilliant in a tweet in the post uh, that uh, told the post that Anderson really did did it all. Stand-up, writing, game show hosting, animation, and acting. And he had a Showtime special that I must have watched 200 times, Gaffigan said. So anyway, well, rest in peace, Louis Anderson, 68 years old. Now the second one is particularly sad. Uh, this guy is the father figure to a lot of people your age. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know who we're talking about? We're talking about oh, we're, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. The full house star of Full House is known as Danny Tanner. Also, uh, he uh, hmm. he was known best by audiences as a wholesome patriot, Danny Tanner. Now, he kind of has a Betty White vibe going with Because he was... Uh, he he played that wholesome role, but if you ever saw his stand up, oh gosh, yeah, he his stand up. He was like Lawanda Page, you know. She played played the religious Anesta, and her stand up was filthy. Oh gosh, yeah. So he was sixty five. Oh good lord, he was only a year older than me. I just gave my age away, didn't I? So we are devastated. The Saget family said that they're devastated to confirm that our beloved Bob passed away today. He was everything to us, and we want you to know how much he loved his fans performing live and bringing people from all walks of life together with laughter. 
But we ask for privacy at this time. We invite you to join us in remembering the love and laughter Bob brought to the world. He was found dead in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, according to the Orlando Grand Lakes, according to a statement from the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Uh, it's, um, I remember him, you know, he's like, I said, he's like around my age, so I can remember, you know, seeing that show and more relating with the father than the kids yeah. because I was already an adult. You know, it was the, the sweetest, uh, thing I had saw was, uh, Jody Swinton. Mm-hmm. She said, um, something along the lines of, uh, Bob, you going so early? How rude! <laughs> you know how because that character used to always say, "Yeah," and that that and that's how we feel like him leaving so earlier, uh, early. You know, it's like how rude. <laughs> oh, you know, just the universe doing that to us. Yeah, you know? the universe is just. I mean, they they just taking everyone that we love. Yeah. So rest in peace, Bob Saget. Now. We got a little song for this next one. You do? Go ahead. I know you do. The night we left, I knew I needed you so. You can sing along. Oh, no, it's all you. And if you have the chance, I'll never let you go. So won't you say you love me? I'll make you so proud of me. We'll make them turn their heads. Every place we go, so won't you please be my, be my, be my little baby, on and on, <laughs> be my darling. Yes, ma'am. Be my baby now. We gotta add this. Whoa, <laughs> yes. Before there was Beyonce, before and Destiny's Child, before there was um, Whitney Houston, before there was Donna Summer. Before there was Diana Ross and the Supremes, there were the Ronettes and Ronnie Spector, yes, a rock island icon who died at 78. She, um, you know, she really, um, she really was an icon. Hmm. She was an influencer for the last almost 60 years. And she was married to probably one of the most vile human beings that was ever born into this world. Abused horribly, controlled, and she lived through it. And do you know... She did. She she was the true original survivor. She did it before Teen Turner. Exactly. She survived that horrible marriage, that horrible man, and she's... um, she came back strong. Yep. Stronger than ever. And do you know he actually didn't even want to let her use, sing any of those song, her songs in concert. And she sued him in one. And I read her uh, biography in, um, in the late 80s. It was called Be My Baby. And she was, uh, she was talking about how... You know, you know how controlling Sonny Bono was with Cher? Yeah. She there was a little convenience store across the street from the studio, and Darlene Love and Cher and a bunch of Darlene Darlene Love. Darlene Love, yeah, she was part of the Spectre family. Yes, and Darlene Love wanted to. um, They they wouldn't let her go across the street just get soft drinks and and snacks. Yeah, and he wouldn't let her go. Mm. And even Sonny Bono said, "Phil, it's right across the street." 
She's going to be with the girls. He was afraid she was going to run off. And, and, and Of course, the only reason she would want to run off is because of the way he treated her. But she survived all that, and she's been influencing music. She's been influencing style. Amy Winehouse used her hair, her hairdo. You know that beehive with the long piece hanging in the back? I hope they're having a good rendezvous up in, up, up there on the other side. I hope that she knows Amy up there. And I'm sure and she Amy does. I'm said, sure Amy was. I stole your hairstyle. And she's probably saying, that's okay, dear, because I saw her being, I saw Ronnie being interviewed. And you would think she would have kind of a, I guess, a stereotypical African-American kind of thing. But actually, she wasn't fully African-American. She was more Italian. She was, she was Irish. And, you know, she was probably less African-American than anything else. But you know how, you know that, especially here in the South, if you just have a little African-American, you're just black, you know. But I will say that she was one of the, everybody credits Diana Ross would be in the first woman of color to become a superstar. But I don't know. I think it was Ronnie. Yeah. She was first. And she, she was a trailblazer. And we love her. So we wish you the best. Uh, you were born. Oh, well, let me just give you a little background. She was born Veronica Yvette Bennett in 1943, and she's known for singing the Ronettes, including hits "Be My Baby" and "Walking in the Rain." You remember "Walking in the Rain"? You know what else they're known for too? The Christmas song, "The Marshmallow Christmas." Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. It's. They even used that to advertise the marshmallow. Um, when it came out, uh, the Android, Android thing, you know, <laughs> the Android, um, you know how they had, they used to name them after candy. There was nougat, marshmallow, yes. things like that. Anyway, rest in peace, Ronnie. We love you. Okay. So now we're done with all those sad obits. So now <sighs> we got to hear some horoscopes. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's horoscope time, man. I've done enough singing, so I'm not singing the song today. And I guess as we're all like so depressed, so sad, I just figured, shit, I'm drowning all the songs. I'm drowning all y'all in a all frozen drowned? lake. In a frozen lake. You're Natalie Wooding us? I'm Natalie Wooding every <laughs> single last one of y'all all getting okay. in a cold-ass lake. Oh, my God. But which lake? Some of y'all are going to be drowned in, in uh, fictional lakes. Some are going to be drowned in real lakes. Well, let's find out. Aries. Well... Looks like you better watch out for the monster. You're going to be drowned in Loch Ness. Ooh. In Scotland. I thought he'd be on the fire lake with Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Um, look like the Aries, you know, they thought they could go take a little travel to Scotland. And now they're going to end so up. So we can keep old Aunt Sarah away from, from Scotland, right? Because Uncle <laughs> Joe's not there. <laughs> okay. Taurus. I always wondered why he was afraid to cut the cake, but I don't know. <laughs> Not sure if it's in the canal or the actual lake, but uh, Taurus is, looks like y'all are going to be drowned in Lake Erie. Uh, Might even be the Erie Canal itself. <laughs> um, that's not Arise, that's Taurus, right? Yeah, That's Taurus. Arise is Barbara. Gemini. Is that, that, that's Barbara and Cher. Yeah, it's Barbara and Cher. Yeah. 
Have fun around Lake Erie. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I hope neither one, none of them go to no. a... At least not those two. The other tourists, yes, but not Cher or Barbara. No, we got to protect Cher and Barbara. You know, we lost Betty, so now know, they're yeah, next yeah, in yeah. line. Yeah. Actually, they said Dolly Parton is the next person. Oh, Dolly Parton's younger than either one of them. But Dolly Parton took on the role now. Oh, no. As America's grandmother. No. Yes. Yes, yeah, she did. She's not a grandmother type. She did. She She's... took on. She's no, it should be it should be Barbara. Actually, she's the one that's going to turn eighty this year. <laughs> and Sophia Petrillo age. <laughs> and Cher is following her. You know, it's just a few years. <laughs> well, Gemini, you might need to watch out for those. Oh, this is our rise. You might need to watch out for the canoe you're in. You might need to watch out for the arrows. <laughs> it looks like you're drowning in Spirit Lake in Idaho. You can really put our eyes in the canoe. <laughs> actually, that thing will tip over in Spirit, no time. No, Spirit Lake, if no one knows what this is, actually, or it's also known as the Lake of the Spirits. Actually, uh, the local the local tribes in that area actually have, there's differing accounts, but it's always this tragic love story about um, the, 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 no matter which way it happens, that these, these lovers end up dying. And, oh. uh, in, in the lake and they say that they, they can still hear haunting sounds and spirits oh, and stuff yeah we gotta do a show we gotta do an episode on that yeah but, right. but uh but yeah so th- and yeah go look that one up though that was an actual real lake and there's real there's some real uh, mm. uh native mythology around that yeah go, next is cancer that's you me Talking about mythology, we're taking you to Camelot. We're going to drown you in the Lake of Avalon. Oh, I'm going to get to meet the lady. Yeah, probably you were trying to take Excalibur when you weren't supposed to. Um, and Morgan Le Fay. Or you pissed off the fairies. I pissed off Morgan. Or you pissed off Morgana. Morgana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pissed off Morgana. I can see that. Yeah. I can see Helen the Bonham Carter coming after me. <laughs> Oh, heading back to reality, probably uh, the deadliest lake in America. Leo's, we're drowning y'all in Lake Michigan. Oh. In the middle of winter. Oh, isn't that the, the source for the lead water in Flint? Probably so. Oh. Everything. Lake Michigan is the source of a lot Curtis of things. And you're putting Curtis. Lake Michigan is the source of a lot of things. You're putting Curtis. Now, admit, the... I've, actually, I've actually seen Lake Michigan. It's actually, I mean, I've been to Chicago. It's actually really pretty, actually. Oh, I'm but sure apparently it's very deadly. Yeah, I was actually when I was when I was coming up with the horoscopes, I was kind of debating whether to give them Lake Michigan, which is up near uh, by Chicago, or give them Lake um, Lanier in uh, northern Georgia. Lake Lanier is actually creepier, though. The, the all the what is that lake? That wait, yeah, Lake Lanier. I think it is. I just heard a podcast about. It. Is that where? There's like a town under it or something. Yeah, yeah, there was because it was it was a man-made lake. It was it was. A yes, lake. yes, yes. They have about uh, my favorite girls. Did a, There's a lot of bizarre that. stuff centered around yeah. Lake Lanier. I didn't put Lake Lanier Lanier on the list, but I was debating between. And you didn't put Lito Fire Lake, so we never know what happened to Uncle Joe. No, nope, you never know. <laughs> Burgos. Guess where we're drowning y'all at? Crater Lake in Oregon. Oh, uh, maybe that's where we should spread the ashes. 
good There's a lot of things I could say right now, but yeah. I'm gonna let's 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 be respectful. Yeah, let's be respectful. Yeah. <laughs> You're wrong, Brad. <laughs> I didn't even think actually. That. Right you know now. where we spread in the ashes is going to be over Lake Bourne and Shelby. You would put it in a crater in a gaping hole, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, she's going to still be in the box. No, you would put the ashes in a gaping hole of Crater Lakes in a frozen... Yeah, oh. <laughs> it would have to be a pretty big gaping hole. That Crater Lakes... There's going to be a lot of ashes. With you, yeah. Oh, I didn't, you said it, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay. Libra. You know, if you have, if a big lightning bolt comes down, we're going to know who it's from. <laughs> and it's going to mm-hmm. hit me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Libra, looks like... Uh, you're going to be drowned in Lake Placid. Mm. Oh, is that where the big old crocodile was that Betty White fed mm-hmm. the cows to? It's also where the Olympics was that time. Yeah, that's when, um, oh, yeah. You know, the woman I had on, um, Vera Ruber Ralston, the figure skater, that was her, fir- her mo- first movie was called Lake Placid. It was about the Olympics. I think yeah. it was, was it the 36 Olympics. Something like that, yeah. Well, the, the story of Vera Ruber Ralston is so interesting. We got to have to talk about that sometimes. Yeah, that's going to be... Wait, a... wait until our <laughs> next guest spot comes. Yes. Yes. Scorpio. Looks like just like not just yourself, but maybe your whole house as well, or it's going to be drowned in the Haunted Lake in New Hampshire. Are you sure it's not going to just be the Mississippi River overflowing? This is your house. And yeah. Land, a Lake Pontchartrain overflowing. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Mm. They say that's bound to happen one day. Honestly, though, if my house goes underwater, it means everybody else is gone. Yeah. Because we have one of like the hot. We, we, well, we went to Texarkana last time. Yeah. So. And I was hoping, I'm glad that we were able to come back because I certainly wouldn't have one would still be there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I'm really wrong for the next one because the next one's my partner, Sagittarius. Yeah, where are you putting him? And uh, we're probably going to be on a train next week, so that's what makes this really fucked up that I'm actually... <laughs> we're drowning Sagittarius in the ice lake, <sighs> which is actually where the Polar Express went off. <laughs> like, yeah. Into the ice, broke through the ice, and went into... He's not going to tra- make him wear those sandals the ice lake, huh? I did that for all those children that are all those one children that are grown up now mm. that are adults that remember the Polar Express oh, train breaking. <sighs> Maybe you'll get to your destination. Maybe you won't. Oh man! Nonetheless, it's called Capricorn. Talking about cold, deep, dark. I don't know about dank. Maybe dank too. We're sending y'all to be drowned in the middle of fucking Siberia in Lake Bacall, the deepest lake in oh, the world. Oh, you're going to put the person who turns a heater on in the summer in Lake Bacall in Iceland? <laughs> in, in Siberia. In, in the Siberia. middle of fucking... We're, we're going to make sure y'all drown in the deepest oh, lake possible. Geez. Oh, jeez. That's, that's torture. You'll be down there with like the, like the, the, the defunct Soviet submarines and... And prisoners that of uh, the Soviet prisoners that got dumped. That's that, where you'll end that up. That is that that is not what that person wants. <laughs> Have fun, Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> A little more on the fun side, Aquarius. Looks uh, like we're gonna drown you in a cold, good old cold crystal lake. 
Oh, at Camp Crystal Lake. Yes. Is Betsy Palmer going to be there too? <laughs> Probably. Just her head, right? <laughs> Kill her, mommy. <laughs> Just the head, you know, the severed head. <laughs> of course. When we talk about drowning, last but definitely not least, Pisces. But I, this is what I thought about when I wrote this. I was like, Pisces, I don't know if they're... But they're a fish already. They're I know, they're probably going to survive anyhow. But if not, get your gillyweed together so you can survive. Because we're going to put you down with the mermaids in the Black Lake at Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. Y'all remember that from the Goblet of Fire? That was a, yeah. And you know, it's another show that they were watching the other night was that new... With Helen Mirren hosting it, that new game. Oh, show. oh, oh, the Tournament yeah. of Houses? Yeah. I loved Helen Mirren on there. I watched it. With her long ponytail. Yes. Hey, she, did you see her whole outfit? Yeah, and did you see the woman? Is, is the woman's like in her, what, late 70s? And she, and she still has a body of a 35-year-old? Good for her. She's showing. And it's not, it's you not that own it. just looks like that. And it, I mean, that woman goes around in a bikini at her age. And she has the body of a young woman. All the power to her. Do what she want to do. I think it's I think it's fabulous. Enjoy yourself. I think it's absolutely wonderful. So. Yes, ma'am. So yeah, because you told us that story one time about you, Helen Mirren, you were driving the cab. You told us before. Oh on, yeah, on, well, I on didn't a previous know, podcast. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was it was around Christmas time, and I picked them up at the Palms yeah. in the quarter. And this really nice English couple, and, 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 and this really sweet English lady sat in the front seat with me. And she says, oh, I would love for you to pick, I took him out to Jefferson, right, around, not so far from Oxford Hospital in Jefferson. She says, I'd love to have you pick us up. Do you have a cell phone number? I said, yeah, I gave him my cell phone. She says, okay. She says, I'll call you when we're ready. I said, well, yeah, I'm going to my house in the lower ninth ward now, and you just call me from there, so... I'm at my house and the phone rings and she says, hello, hello, Barry, this is Helen, the lady that you <laughs> brought to, I said, oh, uh, she says, uh, we ready for you to pick us up, so I'm going to pick her up, and really nice, give me a $20 tip and everything, and she's a nice customer, it's a nice passenger. Well, what was it, a couple of months later or something, I saw a New Orleans magazine and there's Helen Mirren on the cover at her apartment in the French Quarter, and it's my lady. It's Helen. I'm like, oh no! And my eyebrows is always still, still gives me a hard time because I had Helen Aaron's phone number, and I didn't recognize her. Nah. I think that was part of what she liked about me is that I didn't recognize her and I didn't talk to her about her movies and everything. Right. So anyway, so we are uh, going to take a break, and when we come back, I got to give you guys a little warning. Uh, our um, our main True crime story this this week goes gets gets really gnarly. It's really and, and some sensitive people like if you're an animal lover or whatever, uh, and it really bothers you to hear there's animals being hurt, there's people being murdered on camera, you know, like snuff films and everything like that. So uh, if that kind of stuff bothers you, we won't get insulted if you stop right here. Yeah. But those of you who want to hear it, we are going to do it. So we're going to take a, a, a commercial break, and we'll be right back. All right, Creepsters, we are back. And uh, we got a really, really, <laughs> really creepy case this week. And um, it's based... Uh, I was when, when this was first happening, I was following it. 
because I remember it, it kind of caught my eye that it was a gay porn actor, and I had worked in a porn store, so I knew a lot of the porn actors. But I had never really heard of this guy. Right. And it started getting really, really more and more and more intriguing. But what we're going to do is we're going to start off with... Um, uh, this is a... There's a Netflix documentary called uh, Don't F with the Cats. Don't fuck with cats, don't. And it tells about how these web sleuths brought down a killer. So what it is is that uh, this... um, When did this happen? Uh, So, yeah. Okay, so... um, let me look at this other thing on here. This other, yeah, here I am. Okay, so um, this uh, this is biography, and it should be on here. Investigation. So uh, he um, these are uh, people. This this. Video pops up in two, I believe it was in 2011, 2012. Uh, it was called One Boy, Two Kittens. And it has this young guy, and you can't really see his face, but he's putting these two little kittens, these cute little kittens, inside this mm. plastic bag, the ones at the vacuum cleaner, you know, the yeah, ones you pack- used to you for packing your clothes, yeah. and smothers the cats to death. And then he takes the corpses of the dead cats and starts petting them and everything Mm-mm. well that just the the, you know, the, the, the the animal lovers on the internet uh, it, it just they went ballistic so then he posts another video where he feeds a kitten to a, a big python and then he posts another one where he has a kitten tied to a to a stick and drowns it in the bathtub and Oh, these people were, people were going crazy. So nobody knew who this was. They didn't know where he was. They didn't know how they could find him. So what they did, they had a, um, they had like a partial facial picture of him. And um, they tried to find out exactly where it was coming from. And they found out by looking around the room that the video was in to see like what type of light switches it was. Was it light switches? You watched the documentary. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were trying to go off the, like the outlets and the things. They were trying to take any clue they could find. Little things out. and they couldn't. Uh, and then um, they were trying to do some kind of facial recognition thing. But the police didn't want to do anything about it. But the guy was just like really like like the guy was just fucking around. He even they even got the false thing where he ended up getting a poor guy that was down in yeah. This guy was Southern Africa was like yeah. This guy was intrigued by the whole thing and he was trying and he even took the picture of they had of of the perpetrator and started a Facebook page for it and they tracked it down and these people caused this guy to commit suicide yeah the guy in Southern Africa sometimes it shows that sometimes we could be as bad as the perpetrators when it gets to that you know because they didn't know they they really didn't have any proof that he was the real guy and it turned out he wasn't and they killed an innocent person 
Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes you got to realize, you know, if this person's on the internet, they're going to run things on a wild goose chase. They're going to, they're going to taunt, if they're, they're going to taunt you with a video, they're going to taunt you with, with everything else as well, you know? Yeah. So, everybody's wondering where, where he, what, what, what this guy's going to do next. So, then comes another video, and it's called One Maniac, One Ice Pick. And in the video... There's a young Asian man tied to a bed, and in the course of this video, the same kid that did this with the cats stabs and murders this young man to death and dismembers him right on film. And so now, it's not only is it cat, it's a murder now. And then... This, this happened in Canada. So they, they figured out this was going on in Canada just from little things that were happening. And uh, he sent... What did he send? Uh, he, he sent a left foot to the Conservative Party. And then, um, and then he sent the left hand to the Liberal Party. And he sent the severed head of the young man to a school, an elementary school. And that's how they identified him. Uh, the young man's uh, name was... Uh, June Lin, he was a, a Chinese exchange student living in um, is it, uh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. And uh, so they, can't, they still didn't know who the perpetrator was, but they found image that they, they found some guy on there, on there that looked like him, a model named Luca Rocco Magnata. Uh, uh, Luca Rocco Magnata had been on. He, oh, wait, did this happen in Toronto or Montreal? I forget, Toronto and Montreal both were included, I remember. Let's see, see, it's on here. I may be, I apologize, I'm always confusing. Because I know part of the case started in Toronto, part of it... One lunatic, one ice pick, and it, it, yeah, I believe it, it happened in, uh, in the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Toronto. Toronto. It was the Toronto Police. And so... Um, Luca was, uh, he had been on some TV show, The Next Model, and he he didn't get picked or something like that. And uh, he's, I don't know, I don't think, see where he's all like great looking. He, you know, and um, and he also had done some uh, video porn on, you know, some gay porn on one of the, uh, one of those websites, you know, where they interview the guy and then they make him have sex. You know, the, the, like the reality-based porn mm-hmm. stars, like, you know, with with with, with uh, broke straight boys, those kind of things, you know, and um, they weren't, they still weren't sure. And you know how they found out it was him. You know how they figured it was him. They looked him up, and he had like hundreds of Facebook pages, hundreds of of, of different profiles. At one point, he tried to say, you know, you know, call um, what's the name? Call her Harmaka. That was uh, she was a a woman hiding her. They were the Barbie and Ken killers, and she yes, and her yes, husband yes. murdered all these young girls, including her younger sister. We got to cover her one. Which day. was one of the most famous Canadian. And he uh, he uh, got, he had a news. Uh, he created some rumor that he was dating her, and had a reporter come so he could deny the rumor. I'm not dating her. I don't even mm. know her. Blah blah blah. Well, he started it all. Yeah. So it turns out this guy has all kinds of different, and he would take uh, pictures of, you know, actual modeling things, and he would fit Photoshop his face, 
to the body of these models. Now he did actually do some gay porn, and if you see his body in the gay porn, it was easy, he was just a skinny little twig, really. Right. And um, so, um, so finally, you know, the the the, uh, the the police find the footage from his apartment building. They find his apartment building because he had a picture of himself. And it was a gas station across the street, and that's how. Well, they you remember yeah. all the web sleuths were trying to. They were the ones yeah. figuring out from that photo. They it was the web to... sleuths that did everything because the police weren't doing anything. Yeah. And so, um, so when they figured out it was him, they started. It, it started a big old manhunt. He. And he was. Uh, he was. He was just a super narc, and he's like a really toxic narcissist. And um, he sent those body parts, and then they went and they went to his the building where he was, and they found a. They they, they got the footage, and they saw him and June Lin going into. Into the room. Well, what happened is, is that he met June Lin through through I think it was Craigslist, was it, or was it Grinder? Craigslist. Craigslist. And it was a hookup thing. Yeah. See, oh, I yeah. had always thought that Jun Lin was his boyfriend, but he wasn't. It was a hookup. Because yeah. Jun Lin was from China. Uh, China is not... Well, to give perspective, okay, so you may not have gotten there. you got to understand, Toronto, uh, with Canada and China, there's a lot of great exchange going on. There's a lot of Chinese nationals that actually live in Toronto. And actually, I will say culturally, it is really not uncommon that a lot of, um, would you say, like middle class, maybe a little bit better to do um, Chinese nationals will go over to Toronto, especially if you're a young guy and you know you're gay. You can have a way better time in, in Canada. Well, than that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why he was trolling sites and, 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 and apps. And, now, and I will say China is slowly China, changing. But, China is slowly changing, but, at, but you at, have a At that time. time, it was super homophobic. But, but at that time, it is changing, but... It is way better in Canada and in Toronto if you're a young and, and gay in America, Chinese. you know, in America too. But for 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 a Chinese person, it's easier to get to Canada, to yeah, get to, to, and specifically Toronto. So just to give that framework of people wondering the, the, why this really, uh, just giving some of that culturally framework of why this. Now made. this going back to the to the video. It was an 11 minute video, and it posted on yeah. May 25th. Uh, 2012. It was entitled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick. And it was uploaded to bestgore.com, which is a Canadian website that puts all these gnarly videos and stuff on there. Like, like, like dark automobile accidents and autopsies and stuff yeah. like oh, that. Yeah. And it depicted a naked man tied to a bed being repeatedly stabbed with an ice pick and a kitchen knife and then dismembered, followed by acts of necrophilia. The perpetrator mm -hmm. used a knife to cut off some of the flesh and get and get the dog to chew on the body. During the video, the 1987 New Order song "True Faith" plays in the background. And I never can listen to that song the same way again after I saw this. Mm -mm. Um, and there was more extensive. And it, now, now one of the things is a poster for the 1942 film "Casablanca" was in the background too. They that, that was instrumental in finding him. And um, and on May 26, 2012, an attorney from Montana attempted to report 
the video to the Toronto Police local sheriff and the federal and FBI, the American FBI, but the report was dismissed by officials. Best Gore viewers also attempted to report the video, and police con later confirmed that it's uh, authentic. And that's when they identified the victim in the Asian male as the same one whose body parts were sent to, you know, to the, and, and how they found it, they found his torso outside the apartment building in a suitcase. Yes. So the, they know yeah. it's Luca now. Now yeah. let's get a little, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Luca right now. Luca Rocco Magnana was born on July 24th, 1982 in Scarborough, Ontario. And he was the son of Anna, um, Yorkin and Donald Newman. He was born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman was his birth name. And his mother was obsessed with cleanness and would routinely lock her children out of the house once and once put her children's pet rabbits out in the cold to freeze to death. No wonder he was he had a thing with small animals. And the father was diagnosed with schizophrenia in nineteen ninety four and he divorced her mother and he had to move in with his grandmother Phyllis. Now he attended IE Weldon Secondary School in Lindsay, and he began to. And in 2003 was when he began to appear, appear in gay pornographic videos. He worked as a stripper and an escort, and he appeared as a pinup model in a 2005 issue of uh, Toronto's Fab Magazine, using the pseudonym Jimmy. In 2007, he was unsuccessfully an unsuccessful competitor in OutTV's reality series Cover Guy, and he had multiple cosmetic surgeries. He auditioned for the slight network television show Plastic Males Perfect in February 2008. Now, um, he uh, he was uh, just this most one of the most toxic narcissists. He had all these different. Facebook pages, he had all these different Twitter pages. He would, like I said, he would Facebook his, he would uh, Photoshop his picture, his face on, on another model's picture. Oh, That's yeah. why he had all those modeling. He had all these videos on YouTube with the music and the different, and like a, a slideshow of his various model, supposedly modeling pictures and they weren't even real. Which is why, yeah, which is why at one point some of the web sleuths were confusing themselves trying to figure out where he was and stuff because of that. Yeah, yeah, because it was showing them in, in Germany and then, and, and then, you know, like I, I was saying, social media makes our lives look more interesting than they really are. Right. And they also makes, a, you know, we, we see people when we think, oh, what a great person that must be. You look at Brian Laundrie and Gabby Patello and you think that they, there's just this loving couple that have this great future together and they just live in the life. And we don't know that when those cameras aren't on and they not what, what they're not posting is what's, what's right. you know, the thing. And uh, speaking of that, I know this is a little bit off topic. You did hear that he shot himself in, in his diary. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he confessed to murdering yep. her. Um, so that's that's what I thought the elements got him, but actually he killed himself to escape justice. Yep. What a shame. So, um, and, uh, and there's some other crimes he committed. In 2005, uh, Magnata was convicted of one count of impersonation and three counts of fraud after impersonating a woman and applying for a credit card and purchasing over $10,000 worth of goods. So he pleaded guilty and received a nine-month conditional sentence with 12 months of probation. 
And then he legally changed his name from Eric Clinton Kirk Newman to Luca Rocco Magnava in August 12, 2006. Ugh. Um, and he created many different profiles on internet social media, like I just said, and discussion forums over several years. Uh, to plan a variety of claims about himself. One such rumor emerged in 2007, claiming that he was, and that's what I talked about earlier, with Carla um, Hamaka. She was a, the Canadian murder, the Barbie and Ken killers. We got to do that. I mean, oh, yeah. We really do. And during the investigation, he announced that the, they, they had announced that they had dated, but he retracted the statement. And he repeatedly denied claims that he had planted as hope. But he did. He planted all this. He did. So anyway, this led to a, nation, to a worldwide manhunt. This guy is being hunted all over the world. And he gets on a plane and goes to Germany. And this is when I started following it, right? About when they found out who he was. And he goes to Germany. And every day I would say, I wonder if they called him. So I would check my phone to see. So... It's what, like about two or three weeks, he's out there. And well, it was a crazy journey because remember, um, when everything was going on, it was Toronto, if you remember right? Yeah. It was where the crime happened. But remember, they knew they thought he was still kind of in Canada at a certain level, which remember the web sleuths were able to figure out that one photo that he seemed to have recently taken. They were trying to figure out where he was, and they were able to figure it out by looking at the street and all that it was Montreal. Yeah. So he was just over one province over. He was like Toronto, but Montreal. He got, he got on a plane and went but, to Germany. No, he, went to he France got on a plane because to Paris. There, right. There's definitely direct flights from Montreal to Paris, yeah. so it made it very easy to get that flight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. He went ahead and got on that flight. That's when he was wearing the damn uh, the Mickey Mouse uh, shirt and all. Yeah. And he got on the plane. He went to Paris, and he was evading them all in Paris. And then he goes to Berlin. So that and they and they, they they even said he maybe dressed like a woman. They didn't know, you know. So you know how he got caught. What happened is he went to a, an internet cafe in Berlin. Yeah. And the owner of the cafe saw him and recognized him. Didn't tell him anything. Rented him a computer, and he called the authorities. Yeah, the authorities came into the into the um, into the the, the, the German, the German the, the, police the, 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 the cafe. In. The cafe. The German police came in, and guess what he was doing in that cafe? He was reading articles about himself. You talking about a toxic narcissist? Yep. This guy went through... It, it's mind-boggling what he would do for attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, do you think he would have killed again? Oh, yeah. I yes. don't have any doubt. Oh, yeah. He would have he would, he would found... Yeah, like, honestly. I mean, at the time, he was more just intrigued by trying to find out because he had made a name for himself. Mm-hmm. He was one trying to find out how much... But if he needed to, yeah, he would have continued to kill just to stay relevant. Of course, he didn't have... See, I think the thing about it is all the killing was just to make him feel relevant. As yeah. long as he was in the news, he didn't have to kill. He, anytime he killed, it was in order to... Up but his, he had started with the, the it's, small it's sick. animals it's sick. Yeah. and graduated up to a person. But there, But you see, that's the thing, though. The animals... Specifically cats. Cats really do rule the internet. 
Cat lovers, cat people get. Let me explain. Talk about the cat pictures. Okay, so let's culturally talk about this for a moment. Let's talk about cats and the internet, since that is extremely important to this case. Yeah, and and I think they kind of brought it up in the documentary, but I'm going to bring it up. Really, is in the cultural here of why cats are so important. If you talk to dog owners, dog owners can go to dog parks, they can go meeting places, they can go places on the internet, okay? Yeah. Uh, outside of the internet. Dog people have places to go to meet other dog people, okay, in reality. Cat people, though, the internet has become this thing where the community, as far as for people who love cats, people that like cats, the internet has become this place that has adored cats. It's where people, because a lot of times cats are indoor animals, so people share cat videos, things like that. He knew this, okay? Yeah. He knew you could put up that thing with cats, with small kittens, and you were going to get attention on the internet. Yeah. Okay, so he knew the most popular thing on the internet is cats, kittens. Okay, yeah. I mean the kittens, I mean, cats in general, but kittens specifically is how you get that little awe factor. Yeah. So he knew what he was doing. That that's the thing is he had to pick a target that was probably one of the most popular things on the internet. Yeah. And he had to do the most. He had to do the most cruel thing. Kill. The thing that's one of the most popular things. In and in a way that they would suffer. Yeah. And it didn't... He knew he was going to get that attention. He knew what he was going to do. So, the thing is, though, once he had that attention, he had the ball rolling, he had to prove himself and say, well, I can do much worse than this. Yeah. I, and and it sort of became this game to where the reason he moved to people was to show that he could get away with anything. And it's funny that he, you know, but I, he I'm didn't. wondering if there was a little racism there that he picked an Asian, a non-white person as his murder um, victim. Or do you think it was just opportunity? That's who happened to answer the ad. I'm not going to... I would... I... Looking at the case, looking at things, I don't want to. I I can't say whether there was or wasn't racism in it, but what I can say is, it was opportune. And the reason it was opportune was goes back to what I was culturally saying: how many young gay Chinese will come to Canada and they'll be able to live out their life. There's a freedom they have, especially at this time. Unlike maybe now, in that in this time frame that we're talking about, just yeah. ten years ago or so, this was, was what about ten years ago. Yeah, and that freedom allowed them to explore and things. Now, I think at the time in internet, you're hooking up. I don't think 2012 there was sort of grinder. I mean, early my early stages of grinder and stuff, but basically everything was still kind of Craigslist and all mm -hmm. there, and that was really kind of the way most people were using sort of. To, to hook up or find ways. Yeah, because like the grinder and the Tinder and all that came later. Yeah, and also if this was a, um, a young gay Chinese guy, Jun Lin, he probably thought, okay, if I get on Craigslist, this is a good Craigslist, it's probably not that big of a deal. Whereas if he would have downloaded an app, that might have got more noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And right. that might have got. So um, I think in a sense, it just allowed him to live out, you know, sort of his hopes, his fantasies, 
his freedom that he felt that he could try to have. And and that's kind of a tragedy when we look at this is for June Lynn, which we have to we I know we're talking a lot about Luca Magnotti, but we need to talk about June Lynn. Is the sad things is we take for granted sometimes in America and in Canada the freedoms we have as LGBT plus yeah. people. We we really do take for granted. You know, other people from other countries don't have always those freedoms or there's more fears whether it be culturally their government whatever it may be and I think that in a sense we have to realize the fight is not over because I mean were this this now days I don't think this would happen in 2022 or may not easily as happened because I think things have changed with the Chinese people with somewhat not completely but I think things are changing. I also think younger people are finding more freedom. That, so they may be meeting in a better way, you know? Yeah. So we have to look. I think 10 years ago, this was it was a different world. It was a different place. It was a different person for a young gay Chinese person, even 10 years ago. Yeah. So anyway, after he is he's, he's caught arrested in June 10, 19th, 2012... He appeared in court through a video link to plead not guilty to all charges to his lawyer. And then on June 21st, he Oh, he had to break, remember? Remember how they had to bring him back? They actually had the the Canadian Air Force or whatever. They had to bring the Mm -hmm. one plane actually over to to pick him up. And then he requested a trial by jury, and the preliminary uh, hearing began on March 11, 2013. And uh, June Lin's father, also um, uh, Dyron Lin, traveled from China to attend the hearing. That was heartbreaking. And yeah. one of uh, Magnata's lawyers resigned due to a conflict of interest, which I'm not sure what that was. But expert, there were witnesses, including a forensic pathologist, a forensic toxologist, a forensic odo- <laughs> odonatologist, and a bloodstain analyst, data recovery specialist. And an internet investigation officer. And the, the prosecution also display, displayed video evidence when they, they played the video. And both uh, June Lin's father and Luca physically collapsed at several times during this. Mm. And uh, he was in, on April 12, 2013, he was indicted on charges of first degree murder. Offering indignities to a human body, distributing obscene materials, using postal service to distribute obscene materials, and criminal harassment. So he was um, he elected to be tried by a judge and jury, and he pleaded not guilty. Admitting acts accused of, but uh, admitting to the, to what he did, but he claimed diminished responsibility due to mental disorders. He's saying that, you know, he's trying to the um, insanity defense. <laughs> Let's lock him up with the criminally insane. So uh, <laughs> six tools, a pair of scissors, two knives, a screwdriver, an oscillating saw and hammer were recovered outside his apartment analyzed by ballistic experts. And they said that none of them could, could be linked to the killing, but but that no skeletal marks suggested that the screwdriver and scissors were used, but some were consistent with the saw and knife and uh, exacto blade. And um, mm. they tried to argue, uh, you know, a, um, a, you know, sort of a mental illness thing. Now, when Tang came out, he was obsessed with the movie Basic Instinct. 
And the basic instinct, it, it, it begins with a woman having sex with a man, but woman played by Sharon Stone having sex with, with a man and killing him with an ice pick. And he was obsessed with, um, he, he even used the name Tremel and Sharon Stone's character's name was Catherine Tremel. Yeah. In that film. He, he had a real obsession for that movie. So, um, he wound up being convicted in, uh, oh, that's another thing too. Okay, his mother, did you see that? His mother said some man named Manny. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Forced him to commit the murders. He told her that. Well, it turned out that... That was the name of Manny Vasquez, the name yeah. he used, yeah. was Catherine Trammell's fiance in Basic Instinct. Exactly. And the mother tries to claim this certain piece of video, this other hand or whatever. Okay. The guy is so narcissistic, he'll create a situation to fit whatever narrative he's trying to create. Okay. That hand, when I looked at that part of the documentary, mm -hmm. could have easily been like a mannequin hand or something. Oh, yeah. Of course it was. So, the mother trying to claim that shit? Come on. And, I mean, she still, to this day, thinks that he's innocent with this overwhelming evidence? I think the mother has some narcissism herself. Well, she's, well, I mean, she locked the, the, the rabbits outside. Exactly. She kind of death. kooky herself. She's not, she's not exactly a... So he's had, he, he was diagnosed with many different, um, uh, uh, per, you know, disorders, including borderline personality disorder with histrionic traits, antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, paranoid schizophrenia, and uh, what's, the, what's this other one? Um, and the, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, that's a narcissistic histrionic personality disorder. And um, he had been he had been um, diagnosed with paranoid paranoid schizophrenia when he was a teenager. And he does have traits of all those things. And the narcissism comes from him with all the uh, the different uh, Facebook pages. Oh yeah, all the internet. The internet just this is a this is a crime that never could have happened in the nineteen seventies or eighties. Right, exactly. It, never, it couldn't have happened before, say, Y two K. I would say probably not. Maybe not. Maybe even later than that. Because you needed the you needed the internet to be at a certain the internet, level. Yeah, the internet was in its in infancy in the nineties and the two thousands. But 2000s. also, I don't see where the crime could happen now because. The apps and the internet have evolved where it would have to be a totally different kind of crime in the way. And I don't think. Yeah, this would, is definitely a product of its time. And I don't think he would have been able to get away like he did for as long as he did. He almost, he really could have got away with it, actually, if he wouldn't have been in that damn cafe in Berlin. And if he what his narcissism is what did him in. Actually, I'm glad he got caught. Yeah. But I'm just saying. It's his narcissism, and he really, if he would have laid low in Berlin, he could have figured things out and got himself. Actually, if he would have went deeper, a little deeper in Eastern Europe, he could have probably just survived and lived a life somehow. Now, I wanted to talk about the, the documentary for a while. I want to talk about some of the people in the documentary. That woman was a badass. The woman <laughs> who originally, what was her name? 
Wasn't Deanna, was it? No. Yeah, I think it was Deanna. Let me, but what was the what was her handle? I've always been special. What was it? Wait, 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 wait. Did she have a fun handle? Like she did. Name? She did have a fun handle. But she worked. Yeah, she worked as an. Wasn't she an analyst? She worked for, in for the um, casino. Yeah, she worked at, and very brilliant. And woman. he kind of he kind of found her out, and he took videos of that her was casino, creepy. That which was, was creepy. really creepy. That was really creepy. Uh, yeah, her name's Deanna Thompson. Um, body mo body moving was her uh, body moving, body moving, body moving. <laughs> and then uh, John Green was another, the other one. He was a badass too. Yes. And um, oh, and the two of them worked together. And they're the ones when they realized sometimes when the web sleuths were going too far, they were trying to rein yeah, they, in they, the they, web they, sleuths. And they, but they realized the, the they also created a monster of some of these groups sometimes. And some yeah. of the, the web sleuths got out of hand sometimes and caused more problems than help. Well, they got that man, and they, they, they all went after that man, and he wound up committing suicide. Yeah. But he was sick. He had mental Ill issues, too. And, and, and body moving, let's talk about, she even sort of presented the level, were they somewhat responsible for how far yeah. it went? Like, she poses the question, even though yeah. he did whatever, did they encourage it? Yeah. By, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, they, and, and, and she's saying, like, would this man have still be alive if they wouldn't have... Going after him for the cats, would yeah. June Lynn still be with us? Yeah, would he have gone after the cat because he was getting the attention and he was enjoying it? And it makes us think now we've progressed. Starting now, we're on into twenty twenty two, and when these crimes and things happen, the web and the and the court of public opinion, we put so much energy to things. What do we cause to happen? It's it's kind of like. The thing is, and, and and like you were just talking with the, the Brian Laundry Gay Petito thing, did we maybe force his parents to try to hide him, and then he went and it was too much, and he kept, did we force? Did did we? Come, well, Megan is so high profile, yeah. Yeah, and then and, and and did we get in the way of knowing the full truth of where he could have properly been investigated and caught? Did we actually? Like, we have to look at that as a society. How far do we take things sometimes now? Well, the only, um, I remember the, um, what was it, the Natalie Holloway. Why did that get so much attention? I always wondered because, okay, you know, I mean, a pretty blonde-haired girl is going to, you know, goes missing. That's going to get attention. But I'm like, why? Okay, this girl was going looking for drugs. That's how she wound up in the situation yeah. she was in. You know, why is she in a strange country, yeah. going off with strange men, foreign men, to find drugs? How did she? How, that can end up good. Yeah. You know. And um, and of course, you know, Nancy Grace doesn't help things any yeah. either. She's you know she makes. Uh, she she's doing it for we know she's doing it for ratings. She don't care about those people. Yeah, she's doing it. You know, just well, and the sad thing with this case is you bring a point. We only really focus on, and that's what I'm glad this past year I think some things have changed where we really are trying to focus. There, there are victims of all genders of all races, and we need to think of that sometimes. I don't think part of the problem in this case is that. Luca Magnata got amplified to the status and got intrigued because he's white. As the as the perpetrator, he got more fame, but not enough people really talk about June Lynn. No. And it's kind of like... Because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and um, 
the, the name of the page is The Murder of June Lin, but 90% of it is about Luca Mangata. Exactly. And, and I think the West is a part of that issue, too, because they really amplified Luca Magnata to a level where he ended up with the... He has now perpetually has the celebrity status. That he day. wants. I mean, we're sitting here doing a podcast. And she's even saying, should we... Even at the end, she even said, should we be making this documentary? Hey, should, should we, we be, be doing that? Should, should we, we be, be doing, doing this podcast? Yeah, really. Yeah. You think about it. But it's, 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 there's interest in it. And when I put a teaser out that I was, you know, on the, on the social media that I was doing this, and you know, we got sick, and we, we were supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago, and we got sick and we couldn't do it. Now I'm getting people. Well, when are you doing this? I'm waiting, waiting to hear it. This really, it, it's it's interesting. It's it's noteworthy. You know. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more. I mean, we're already seeing different things. Like we've already seen the recently, the shopping cart killer mm. is connected to this uh, meeting up on the tender. Which eventually we're going to maybe look at. That we're waiting on more of that, all that information, the you know trial, all that stuff to really come to fruition with the shopping cart killer. But we're already seeing where these apps now are creating a lot more. Um, opportunities but different but I think it really this the murder of June Lin was the first real thing where the internet grew up and the idea of the hookup culture on the internet really could kill someone yeah the, the hookup um, is, is what that's taking the place of the bars yeah taking the place of the bars or the personals if you remember what was the yeah. long bar yeah well, I remember the personals when I was young... Because when we did the Lonely Hearts Killer. Yeah, well, you know, even back in the 70s, when I was... I, I, I was kind of knowing what I liked, but I was rejecting it also. Yeah. And there was a magazine called... A local magazine called Figaro, which ultimately became Gambit. And they had personals. And the first time I saw personals of... Gay people looking, men looking for men. And I said, you know, the GWN. And there was a man in Chalmette that had a. I, I was. How I was like, I might have been 18, 17, 18, but I wrote a letter to this man and I told him when he called me to ask for Jerry, not for Barry. And that's how I would know who he was. Of course, he never called me. Right. You know? Because he probably looked at this and said, oh, stupid kid. I'm not calling him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what I would do today. Yeah. You know? And uh, he probably might even wonder that I was underage. And, you know, I was ready to have my first sexual experience. And I knew that was coming. But I couldn't really come out about it. And But that's how, we, that, that, that was what we had. We had the personal ads, which was also dangerous. Because you don't know who's putting that ad on there. And the, and the thing about it is, is I mean, thinking about on a general, like any of us could be a June Lynn. Like any of us. Any of us. I mean, we have all had either risky moments, risky behaviors, even moments. I I will admit, when there used to be the the gay dot com before the apps, I used to go hook up with guys at hotel rooms. Yeah, we all did. It's fun. Well, you know what? I am the age that would, could have been one of John Wayne Gacy's victims, because the, the the that's. 
that era was when I was about that age and about that type that he would go after. Right. If I would have been living in Chicago, I easily, exactly. you know, what I mean, some some cool older guy that's okay with you know gay sex and everything, come over by my house and smoke a joint, have a drink, and we're gonna have a sex party ball. I mean, even though I might not have been attracted to him, he had guys that uh, would have been attracted yeah. to. I might have gone. So the thing is, is this, I, w- I would say for anybody out there, I wouldn't even just say, I wouldn't even say you, I'd say anybody, because all kinds of people are trying to get on these hookup apps. Even older people are getting on yeah. these I'm mean, on them. I'm <laughs> still on them now. I would say there may be a real rethinking culturally about how we approach dating and how we look at things i know there's some people now that are starting to do where if they meet somebody they ask the person to meet them within a group of their friends yeah and i think that's very wise i think uh i'll go to a coffee shop i also find that a lot of uh women and young even young gay men and stuff as well i'm hearing definitely women are choosing not to meet somebody on their own they bring a friend or whatever it's for the first meeting or two you also could put a gps on your um your phone and send a signal out to you there's this app for that too right uh, this is where i'm going Right. So there is, at least things have improved in the last, say, 10 years since this crime that have made it a little um, a little easier. But I would still say there, if somebody's meaning to do something, they're going to find a way to do it. So the point is you, as trying not to become a victim, you need to do what, I mean, for all the tragedy in this case, Bruce, hey, try to use your wits about you, you know, I mean... Even as secure as you think something might be, as trustworthy as you, as you might think someone is, because Luca was this little young-looking, little model twink looking guy, and he was able to kill somebody. Yeah. So don't assume you think somebody's not a threat. Anybody can be a threat. You know. Yeah. Okay, I was here looking to see what he was. Uh, yeah, he's he's serving a mandatory life sentence, but he's going to be eligible for patrol parole. After 25 years. Ridiculous. And no. It's like... Um, that's Canada, I guess. That's wrong. He should never get out of jail. He should never... In 25 years, okay, he's... Well, he'll be 65 years old. Well, that, he's, still, he's still old and young enough to okay. do some damage. So this is where I'm going to talk about... This is where sometimes the homophobia or the racism might have got in with the jury or with the mm-hmm. judge. This, okay, this I will put. Because say this was a straight thing where it was a young guy and he killed a young girl. Guy would probably have a lot longer in fucking prison. Oh, yeah. Especially if she was a young white girl. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there and say it, okay? Also, were to say this was a Canadian national, somebody who we really had the family and they could relate Mm -hmm. and they could see that family crying. So say this was another young white guy in Canada that was killed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe there would be a longer sentence. That's where I would put the racism part. Yeah. Is on the sentencing. Because that's a little too damn short in my book. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a life sentence. For as heinous as this was. But the fact that he will be eligible. Let alone what he did to the animals, he deserves to rot in hell. Yeah. Okay, and rot in prison. And then, you know, he got married to some guy in prison, one of the oh, prison mates. Oh, God. So he's like living with his husband. And enjoying a relationship 
when poor June Lin's, in, you know, in pieces in his grave, and his family, and is, his family is shattered, is distraught, yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, um, some I have mixed feelings about the death penalty, but I really think that it would, it, it, it would count in this case. In the case of this, I really think that that boy deserved to be executed. Yeah. And um, but. Because he has, you know, ah, uh, yeah, okay. I know he has mental illnesses. I know he had a hard, crappy childhood. I mean, we've all had sucky things happen in our childhood, and we don't go around chopping up people on the internet. And it's, you know, uh, it this, it, it's just, I think that, that, yeah, the sentence is a travesty. Travesty. Travesty, Barry. Travesty. So anyway, yeah, he's, uh, but he's, for now, he's in prison and he can't do anything to anybody else. And I'm surprised he hasn't been murdered in prison. I could see that happening. I don't know if it's different in Canada than it is here, but um, he wouldn't want to be I'm surprised. Well, no, I'm, I'm surprised. You're, I'm surprised someone hasn't tried to. It may be under some kind of security or something. They do that. They, you know, they're not supposed to kill anybody, you know. So anyway, so that being said... I think we've said about as much as we can, and we've given this guy all the publicity that he didn't doesn't deserve. So we're going to end it right here. Anything? Any final thoughts? I would say, love the friends in your life. You know, watch out for them, especially those that may be trying to date around. Look out for them, and love your little fur babies. And also, you know, but and, and don't go, especially if 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 some guy is sweet talking you, and or some girl is sweet talking you for the straight guys out there and saying, "Oh, you come to my city and we're gonna live the life this and we're gonna live that and I have this and I'm gonna do this for you, I'm gonna do that for you, you're gonna get a great job, we're gonna have a great life." Don't always believe that before you get involved with anybody in that way. Yeah. I tell you, I had met somebody on, it was a growler, I think it was, and he and I were kind of hitting it off. And so I was supposed to, on my day off, you know, spend the night by his house for my two days. I had Tuesday and Wednesday off. And he said, oh, well, I'm having friends from out of town. We can do it next week. So when it came over again, he says, uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm moving to Illinois. I said, oh, this is kind of sudden. He says, yeah. He says, but I don't want, no. He says, I want us to keep up. He says, I want you to come visit me there. Maybe even you move up with me. And he gave me this, this, uh, so I said, okay. You know, he said, he told me that it was, you know, it was, it was just friends he was moving with. He had friends up there and, that, you know, he wanted to start a new life. He wasn't happy here anymore. Understand that. And the next thing I know, I'm on the Facebook and I'm seeing him with his new boyfriend all lovey-dovey and everything. I said, wait a minute. Where does this leave me? I, I, I'm not going to visit him. Did he want me to visit him and his boyfriend? Or was he just saying this to lie to me, to pacify me? Hmm. And as far as I know, I don't know because I don't go trolling his page or anything. They're still together. So maybe that was one of the success stories. But we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But anyway, that was a stupid thing and it was a dick move. And if you're listening, yes, it was a dick move. Yes, I'm still upset at you. But, fuck. Yeah. 
Well, before um, you, t- you tell them about the social media and, and close up and all, I do want to let people know we are going to change up the format in the new year. Um, yes. We, uh, we had fun doing the series things, but there was also constraints and times where it just, it made things difficult. We were worried. It, it didn't give us near the flexibility we wanted to have. We are going to bring y'all a great variety, but we are doing away with the series. So variety-wise, we are going to still come with true crime cases. We're going to have paranormal cases. We're going to bring interesting cultural things. We're still going to look at and film, and, film, film and television, television at times. Yeah. So we're going to be bringing you a variety of things. We're going to try to make sure every now and then we get some good local cases in as well, whether it be paranormal or true crime or even culturally, you know. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna really have a good variety for y'all up ahead, but we're getting rid of the bounds of a series. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we may not do a part one or a part An two. Arc. A part two of something, if it's yeah. like some, a big thing, which uh, there's one that's in discussion right now. We don't want to give it too much away, but uh, there's a, there's a certain director we're looking at that we may be doing a several parts to that. Just yeah, just to tease that. We're not sure when in the year, but we may do that. Uh, also, I do know this month we are actually going to, even though it's not a series, we were supposed to do. Um, werewolves, we are going to have a thing where we're going to look at the lore of the Wolfman, and we're supposed to be also having a special interview with someone who is actually in werewolf and mm. furry culture coming up. So we'll let you know more about that when it gets closer. Uh, we won't be here next week. Um, there's some things no. we're taking care of, personal reasons. We're all feeling good, no illnesses. Mm. But there's just no, but also my days off are changing next week. There's so. some, there are some personal matters and some things to take care of. Uh, going on next week but when we do come back on the 10th we're hoping to have a very special guest host and a very special episode we will actually be looking at the Emmett Till case and the importance of that to the civil rights movements and also we're not going to have a permanent third host we're going to just have Philip and I and we may have guests host yeah we might have like an we, we might have a personal Anna Navarro we bring in every yeah. now and then yeah and other guest hosts yeah we'll have guest hosts but there's not gonna be anybody that's gonna be I mean we tried it twice and it actually it didn't really work out either time yeah but, and, and it's not to say we may not be open down the road we're just we you kind of like we're a little shy of permanently putting a host on again right right right, right. but so anyway um and this is a season six opener. It's our first episode of 2022. And uh, we're still going to have our seasons. They're going to be every three months like they always were. So this is season six, which started today and is going all the way until what, March 3rd, the last week. The last March, week of March. March. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters. You can follow us on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook page is the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. You can email us at openshutters at yahoo.com and movieshutters at aol.com. If you have any movie suggestions or anything like that, shoot us an email. You want something us to review something? Let us know. You can also put on our Twitter what you'd like to see us do. Any cases you would like to see us uh, cover? Any any films? Any films? Any type of uh, paranormal things? Anything you want to see us cover? We want to hear from you. Also, we'd love for you guys to give us a review on Apple. That helps, uh, that helps increase our profile. So, Creepsters, until two weeks from now, 
Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Goodbye. Unless you're, uh, you want to fuck with cats, you can go fall out yeah, the fucking Luca window. Yeah, Luca could fall on the spikes. Yeah, Luca, you can fall on the spikes, bitch. Fuck you, Luca. Bye. <laughs>